pray this finds you having a blessed day today and uh, look forward to getting into a time of the word. Uh, I ask you to look over uh, my voice a little bit today, uh, dealing with a little bit of sickness, but uh, that's all right. So we'll uh, continue to get into the word this morning. And uh, we definitely want to be praying for those in Florida that are going to be dealing with um, Hurricane Ian and all those um, that have already dealt with it. Um, It's a pretty powerful storm. Um, So let's definitely be remembering those uh, in prayer as they deal with that. Um, We're going to be picking back up in the book of Joshua. Last week we looked at chapter 1 and we started off uh, looking at the passages where God has uh, called Joshua to, uh, in essence, step into the uh, vacant leadership role uh, after Moses had died. And Joshua was given commands by the Lord uh, of what to do. And um, one of the things that uh, was very important is that God was making sure to let Joshua know that he was going to establish Joshua. Um, And what we're going to do in the next few verses, we're going to see that. We're going to see how that that is so important. And we're going to talk about... um, that concerning ministry today and how um, that that works uh, within our own lives. One of the things I think is kind of rampant is that oftentimes, and I'll say uh, from a pastoral standpoint especially, is we feel that we've got to be able to, um, We've got to have a resume. We've got to be able to say that I've done this, 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 and this. And we think that by doing that, we're kind of establishing ourselves. But really what it boils down to, the most important thing that you can have, whether you're a pastor, whether you're in leadership, whether you're um, serving in your job or your field that God has called you to serve in, is do you know that you're there because God called you there? Uh, It doesn't matter how many degrees you have. It doesn't matter how many schools you went to. It doesn't matter if you can speak Greek or Hebrew fluently. If you're not where God has called you, uh, God is not going to establish you. And I think that that's one of the most important things that we need to understand is do you know beyond any shadow of a doubt you are where God called you? Because you could be someone who is... um, in the world's eyes, not someone who is fully qualified, not someone who has all of the reputation or whatever it may be, but God, if you are where you're supposed to be and where he's called you to be, he can do unlimited things through you. When we sit down and we look at Joshua here from the first few verses that we looked at last week, it's not like Joshua is this just extraordinary man. It's not like Joshua was able to sit here and say, you know, I have been following uh, in the footsteps of Moses and man, I am so overly qualified for this position and I'm just the guy that God needs to make sure that he picks to be able to do this. That's not what you see with Joshua. You don't see uh, leading up to this point that Joshua was just head and shoulders above everybody. What I see here is Joshua was just a common man doing his job. 
And I think that that's what's so vitally important. When we look at the people in in Scripture, and we're going to get to this passage in Joshua a minute, I just feel like this is important to really set the stage. I don't find anybody that God used in Scripture that had it together. You can start all the way back from the beginning of uh, Scripture, and you're not going to find anybody who was just so amazingly wonderful that God just looked at it and said, I would be dumb not to pick you. Everybody that God used was somebody that you would normally not pick. If you were sitting down and you were looking at starting a ministry or you were looking at starting something, very rarely would you walk through Scripture, even if you went to Hebrews 11, which is the Hall of Faith, would you go through there and say, man, that person right there, that person is is legitimate. You wouldn't. When you look at the disciples, none of those were people that you would normally pick. When you look at it, fishermen were not looked at as very affluent people. They weren't looked at as educated people. They weren't looked at as people that you would want to to start anything with. Yet Jesus said, these are the ones that that I know are going to turn the world upside down as we see in the book of Acts. Joshua was just a common guy. One of the things that I hope that you're getting out of what I'm saying right here is don't feel like you have to be something that other people determine you to be for God to use you. God will take anyone who has availability and do miraculous things through them. God doesn't need you to be someone who can be miraculous. He just needs you to be available. We're not seeing Joshua as just this outstanding person. We're seeing Joshua as a vessel that says he's available and says, God, here I am, use me. And so what happens from that? God gave him all these commands, you know, don't turn to the right or to the left from the word, but stay in it, meditate on it, Uh, be strong and be courageous. Those are all the commands that God gave him. And Going back to verse 3, God says, I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. God says, listen, it's not about Moses wasn't the one who was so strong. It was me. All Moses was was my vessel. So he was just reminding Joshua, listen, you don't have to be intimidated by Moses. You don't have to feel Moses' shoes. I was the one who was in charge. I was the one who was doing all of this stuff. So Joshua, what I need you to do is I just need you to be the best Joshua that I've made you to be. And that's it. God doesn't need you to be superhero Christian. God needs you to be available and say, God, I know I can't do it, but I know that you can do it through me. So I say all of that to say in Joshua chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, we're picking up. Says, then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get provisions ready for yourselves. For within three days, you will be crossing the Jordan to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you to inherit. Now, don't miss that, that terminology there, to take possession. Now, go back to verse 3, okay? Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. 
Joshua believed what God told him, so much so that when Joshua got the command from God, Joshua looked at his people and he said, listen, I want you to take possession of what God has already given you. Now, I want to make sure, and I thank you all if you've listened to the podcast that I've done enough, you know that I'm not big on these name it and claim it health and wealth or people. This is not a name it and claim it thing. This is a verse that a lot of people could take out of context and, and use that, but that's not at all what this is saying. What Joshua is saying is God has affirmed and assured in my heart that he is going to bless and he is going to give us the promise that he promised. He's going to make it come to fruition. And so he's telling the people, I want you to do what God has already given you the ability to do, what God has already commanded you to do, and what God has already given over to you. He's not telling them to go out and do something new. He's not telling them to go out and fight. Notice this. Very important. He says, get yourselves ready because you will be crossing the Jordan to go in and take possession of the land. What he's telling them is, listen, you need to understand, you're just going to go in and God has already won the battle. God is going to give you the land that he's promised. And I think sometimes what we do is we, we struggle in our prayer lives and we struggle in our daily lives because the enemy's voice is so much louder in our lives than the promises of God because we're not in the word understanding and remembering and reflecting and meditating on the promises of God. All right? Now again, let's tie this scripture in together. All right? Go back to verse 7. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you will be able to have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For when you, for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. <coughs> Here's the examples of what I, I want to make that applicable into our lives. When we look at passages of Scripture, we have the promises of God. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I will go with you always, even to the end of the age. All right, let's just be real with ourselves for a minute. How many times have we prayed and the first thing we said is, God, where are you? God, I don't feel your presence. God, I feel like I'm praying. The Bible says your ears are open to my cry, but I don't feel like you're hearing me. There's a lot of this that should sound familiar to us. Now, I'm not trying to be holier than thou. I'm not trying to sit down and say that when those moments come that you're a horrible person for doing that. What I'm saying is this. Isn't it amazing that we know in our heart of hearts that the Lord will never leave us and never forsake us, but when we're struggling and we're in a difficult time in our lives and we're praying, one of the first things we go to is, Lord, where are you at? What Satan wants to do is Satan wants us to forget and neglect trusting in the promises of God. What we're seeing with Joshua here is God promised Joshua, 
I will give, I will be with you just as I was with Moses. And I will continue that promise that I gave Moses and I will continue it with you. I want you to be in the word. I want you to meditate on it day and night. I don't want you to turn from the right to the left. And if you do that, you will prosper and you will succeed. And that gave Joshua enough confidence to look at the people in verses 10 and 11 and say, listen, in a couple days, we're going to be getting up and we're going to go in and we're going to take the land that God's given us. We're done with this wilderness experience. We're going in and we're taking the promise God has given us. What happens when we're in the Word daily? It gives us confidence, not in ourselves, but confidence in God that His Word is true, that His promises are true, and that His promises will come to fruition. See, one of the things that if, if if you listen to these podcasts or you listen to me preach, one of the things you're going to hear regularly is me telling you that you need to be in the Word daily. Now, I don't say that because of the fact that it's ritualistic. I'm not saying that because it's a uh, Christian duty that we do that we check mark off and say, okay, I've read my Bible today. There is a purpose and a reason to be in the Word every single day, just like we see here that God commanded Joshua. It is a matter that if we are in the Word of God, it will change the trajectory of our day. All right, Psalm 1 is one of my favorite passages because I love the simplicity of it. If you go to Psalm 1 and it's talking about the Word of God, It tells us very clearly what happens whenever we have the Word of God in our lives. Notice what it says here in Psalm chapter 1 in verse 2. It says, Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. So again, what we see here is somebody who has the Word of God in their mouth, in their mind, in their heart, that is in the Word of God, meditating on it day and night, they are going to have confidence because of the life-giving flow of the Word of God in their lives. It's not because of what they did. Now see, this is, this is where, again, we get into that whole works-based mentality. You don't have confidence because you did something. You have confidence because what you did brings life to your life. See, reading the Word of God is our spiritual sustenance, and it gives you confidence. When you know that you are serving a true and living Savior, when you know that God's promises are true, when you know that God has never lost a battle, when you know that God is for you and not against you, when you know that God's purpose is to make you more Christ-like every day, not to bring you harm, not to punish you. That changes the dynamic of things because now you can walk through your day and you're not looking at every little bad thing that happens and saying, oh, Satan's after me. No. What you're saying is I'm going to have confidence in my life and I'm going to move forward and I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I'm not going to sit down and and live a defeated life, but I'm going to live in a way that shows that I have confidence in God's word and that God has a plan for my life and God is going to direct me in the area in which he would have me to go. 
And that's what Joshua is telling his people. He's saying God has not only given us a promise that he is for us, that he has conquered things for us, but that he is going to move us in the direction to be able to take possession of that promise. See, that, that, that changes things. And I want to say something, and I hope that you hear what I'm saying. The reason why most people who sit in a pew on Sunday mornings are living defeated Christian lives is not because they're living these horrible, sinful lives and they're they're secretly, you know, coming on Sunday morning and trying to be this holier-than-thou Christian and then they're living in this horrible sin through the week. It's that they're malnourished. That's simply it. What we've done and what we've created within the Christian culture today is we've got people who feel that rather than being in the Word daily and feeding themselves, they think, I'll just come and I'll have a good experience on Sunday morning. I'll make sure that I listen to the preacher and, you know, my preacher, he does a good job. And, you know, I'll take that sermon and I'll enjoy it. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of go from there and just kind of eat on it through the week. Well, guess what? That's not going to work. You cannot eat one meal a week and have sustenance. You just can't. You can't even eat two meals a week. Let's say, for instance, you go to Wednesday night uh, Bible study or prayer meeting or whatever you all may have or community groups. You can't go to that and Sunday morning and expect to make it through the week. You've got to be in the Word of God in order to take possession of the things that God is wanting for your life. You've got to be able to be in prayer. You've got to be in the Word. When you sit down and you look at the rest of this chapter right here, I'm going to read this, and and, and it's more of a little historical account than it is anything. But in verse 12, it says, Joshua said to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Remember what Moses, the Lord's servant, commanded you when he said, The Lord your God will give you rest, and he will give you this land. Your wives, dependents, and livestock may remain in the land Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But your best soldiers must cross over in battle formation ahead of your brothers and help them until the Lord gives your brothers rest as he has given you. And they too possess the land that your Lord God has given them. You may return to the land of your inheritance and take possession of what Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on the east side of the Jordan. Now, if you go to the book of Numbers, chapter 32... You'll be able to see a little bit more about this, and I'm not going to go there, but I'm going to give you a quick synopsis. Basically what happened is you got the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh that they have settled on the side of the Jordan River where Joshua and the nation of Israel is currently encamped. And what Joshua is saying is that, listen, this promise that God gave was to all the 12 tribes. So what I need for you all to do is though you all are dwelling in your land right now, I need you to send your best soldiers and you're going to go with the rest of the other tribes of Israel. We're all going to cross the Jordan together and you're going to help them to be able to conquer the land of the promised land of Canaan. And then after that, they, the other tribes, are able to have their land uh, divided up amongst themselves. You can go back across the Jordan on the east side of the Jordan and you can dwell there in the lands that you all already have. Joshua was making sure that this was a whole nation promise that was uh, put together. And so then look what happened here in verse 16. 
They answered Joshua, everything you have commanded us, we will do. And everywhere you send us, we will go. Now, listen, again, I want you to pump the brakes for just a minute and think about this. This isn't very long. I mean, we're talking just maybe a few days, maybe a week at best, that we're talking about verse 1 of chapter 1, after the death of Moses. So this isn't like this has been this long period of time where Joshua has been able to prove himself as a leader amongst these people. So why is it that these people are just, I mean, whole hog in with Joshua here? I mean, they're looking at it, Josh, I mean, they could, I mean, think about this. And especially in today's society and this whole idea of a me-centered, you know, idea. If these, this, these tribes, uh, the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they could look at Joshua and say, listen, man, we've already got ours. We are fine. We are comfortable where we're at. We are not going to risk having our soldiers killed. We're not going to risk any of this stuff. If you all want to go across that side of the Jordan, man, have at it. But we're fine. That's what most people would do today because we do live in that meism kind of mentality. But look here. They said, everything you've commanded us, we're going to do. And anywhere you send us, we're going to go. Look in verse 17. We will obey you just as we obeyed Moses in everything. Go back to verse 3. God said to him, I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads just as I promised Moses. Look in verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. What God said was, Joshua, listen. If you do what I ask you to do, and that is to trust in me and trust in be in the word, I promise you everything that you do will prosper and succeed. And the people will follow you because I will establish you as their leader. Joshua was not trying to win the people over. Joshua did not have to do anything in order to get the people to trust in him and believe in him. Joshua had to be obedient to God and God took care of all the people. What we have to do is we have to be faithful and we have to be obedient. When it comes for men, when it comes to our families, you don't have to lead your family. You have to be faithful and obedient to God and God will bless you to lead your family. See, when we look at things, we, we get things completely backwards. We think that I've got to prove myself and then after I prove myself, God will. No, you have to be faithful. You have to trust in God. You have to show, I surrender to your lordship. And because I surrender to your lordship, I trust in your promises and your promises will come true through me. Not because of anything of I am or anything that I've done, but because of simply my faithfulness and I'm trusting in your word. Look here at the last part of verse 17. Certainly the Lord your God will be with you as he was with Moses. These people saw that Joshua trusted God. These people saw that Joshua was meditating on the word day and night. These people saw that Joshua was with God just as Moses was with God. And because of that, they knew that God would be with Joshua. And they realized, you know what? What we're going to do is we're going to attach ourselves to Joshua as our leader because we know that God is with him. And we know that God is going to use him. Look how powerful that the statement is in verse 18. Anyone who rebels against your order and does not obey your words 
and all that you command him will be put to death. And then look what they say. Above all, be strong and courageous. The people reiterate the promise and the command that God had given to be strong and be courageous. The people were so sold into Joshua as being their leader that they said, if anyone does not do what has been commanded, they should be put to death. It's not about making sure that you do all the right things. It's not making sure that you check all the boxes off. It's not making sure that you prove yourself saying, you know what, Lord, look, I'm doing this, 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 and this. It's about simply being in the Word to the point that you meditate on it day and night. It's being in the Word to where you know the promises of God. Now listen, not that you know the promises of God in a memorization standpoint. You may be able to sit down and quote that verse that He will never leave me and never forsake me and He'll be with me always even to the end of the age. Okay, You can quote that all day long, but do you know that verse? Have you lived that verse? Have you experienced that verse? Has there been a point to where you have had moments in your life to where you can sit down and say, you know what? Without a doubt, I have been in situations and I legitimately had no one else, but God did not forsake me. That makes that promise come alive and come true in your life to where now you know it. See, what God wants us to do, and this is, again, I want us to understand this concept. It's not just reading God's Word, but when He says to meditate on God's Word day and night. Listen, what God is saying is when you read the Word and you trust me, I'm going to make these promises come true in your life. So not just that you can read it and know it, but that you can see it and experience it. See, God doesn't want you to just read His Word. He wants you to experience His Word. That's the thing about salvation. You can read how to be saved in Scripture, but He wants you to experience salvation. You can read about God in Scripture, but God wants you to experience Him. See, that's what makes your faith come alive. That's why there's people who are willing to die for their faith. That's why these disciples, after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, when they were going and they were preaching, and people were killing these disciples for their faith, why were they so willing to die for it? Because they had experienced God in such a way that they realized God was the most important thing in their life. What God tries to do through His Word as you read it and you meditate on it and you trust in it is He wants it to come alive in your life so much so that you experience Him in a way that you know that that promise is real and is true. And you don't have to just believe it by faith anymore. You can say, I experienced it. That's what God wants to do in our lives. That's what He's doing with Joshua. That's why when we get ready to go to the story of Joshua and the city of Jericho, the most ridiculous, outlandish military strategy in the world is what God gave Joshua to do. God said, I want y'all to walk around and worship, and I'm going to make the city fall apart. There is nothing in any similar—I'm an army man— I served in the military. There is nothing about this military strategy that has any sense whatsoever. But that's how God wants to work. God wants to do the most outlandish and ridiculous things so that 
When he does it, you have to say, there was no other way other than God. That's why I love Ephesians 3.20 where it says, Our God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ever ask or think. God wants to do things that go so far above what you can imagine. And what he does is he wants you to know his word. He wants you to trust in his word. And while you're trusting in his word, what he wants to do is say, hold on. You think that's amazing? Watch this. And God does something even more extraordinary. Because God wants you to see him for who he really is to the best of your ability. And that happens through trusting in his word and watching him fulfill promises in our lives. So today, whatever may be going on in your life, spend some time in the Word of God. Meditate on the Word of God. Chew on it throughout the day. I love to tell people all the time, I love to let the Word of God crock pot in my soul. This past Saturday, we went on a mission project um, up to Augusta. Uh, and one of the things that I'd done is that morning before I left, I love homemade chili. And so I made some chili and I put it in the crock pot about 6 o'clock in the morning, put everything in there. And I set it to go low and slow all day long because I knew we wouldn't get back till about 3 o'clock that evening. By the time we got back, man, my chili had been going all day long, and it was so good because it did just cooked low and slow all day, and all those flavors were together. That's exactly what it is with God's Word. It's not about trying to get things done quick and in a hurry. That's why I'm not a big proponent of these five-minute quiet time things. You need to give God some time. You need to be able to set that time apart and say, God, I want to go low and slow in the Word. I want to be able to eat. I want to be able to meditate. I want to be able to chew on this. I want it to just kind of crock pot up in my soul. And as you go through the day, you meditate on these promises. And what that does is that gives you confidence, just like with Joshua. Joshua was able to go to the people and say, listen, we're going to go take possession of what God has given us. He wasn't worried about the enemy. He wasn't worried about a battle. He wasn't worried about obstacles. He said, God has promised us this. We're going to take possession of it. Now let's go. And I think that that's what we have to understand is God has allowed you to have breath in your lungs today for a reason. So what you need to do is you need to go and you need to take possession of what God has given you today and be able, whether that is sharing the gospel with someone, whether that is watching your faith grow, whether that's inviting somebody to church, whether that's being an encouragement to somebody, whether that's coming along somebody who's walking through difficult times, God has a purpose for you today and a kingdom purpose if you are his follower. And you need to take possession of that. You need to be obedient to that. And you will be and you'll have the confidence in it if you're meditating on the word. So that's what I want to encourage you with today. I pray that you're blessed. If, I pray that you uh, continue to grow in the Word of God. And if you got time, I'd love for you to go give this uh, podcast uh, a five-star rating so it can get out there a little bit more. I'd love for you to leave a review. If this has been an encouragement to you or a blessing or a challenge to your heart, I'd love for you to leave a review um, to, to tell what uh, God is doing with this podcast through your life. And I pray that you share it with somebody. Uh, most of all, I pray that uh, if you don't have anywhere to go, we would love to see you come if you're in the Georgia area. And uh, we would love Central Georgia. We'd love to see you come uh, to Dexter Baptist Church uh, to be able to be a part of what God's doing here. And uh, we just thank you so much. Uh, if you're serving the Lord, thank you for making heaven more crowded by going out and sharing the gospel. So we look forward to talking again next week as we continue in Joshua chapter 2. And we pray you have a blessed and wonderful day.